many people like a good courtroom drama. Being an immigration lawyer in England does throw into the mix a fascinating diet of stories, but three years ago, I came across a case which changed my way of thinking completely. It involved two very different people, and it's a tale I still think about to this very day. A young man from Afghanistan had been in the UK for many years. He was illegally here. He had no reason to be here, no passport, no visa. It was not entirely his fault, of course. He lost his parents when he was young, and he somehow ended up on the shores of England. He worked as a carpenter, moving from place to place, and he ended up at the house of a British lady. She had been divorced three times and was considerably older. She was 47, and this man was 32. After months of fixing tables, chairs, plastering and fiddling around with wallpaper glue, this young man asked the lady for help. He was desperate. He asked her to support him in making an application to stay in the UK on the basis that they were a loving couple. He was faced with the prospect of being removed at any time and this was very much for him the last chance saloon. Well, the lady agreed. We don't know why, whether it was from the goodness of her own heart or for another reason, the application was sent to the UK government. Well, no prizes for guessing what happened next. After a few months, the UK government visa office refused the application in pretty brutal form. And why not? Here there was a 15-year age gap, an elderly lady who had been married three times, a relatively young Afghan man who had been in the UK for so many years. Such a loving union couldn't possibly exist. The case went to court, and I was instructed to represent them. I recall the questions that they were asked under cross-examination and the utterly hopeless answers they both gave. Nothing matched. According to this Afghan man, his partner loved eating lasagna and garlic bread. Unfortunately, she explained to the judge that the mere sight of Italian food made her unwell and preferred Japanese. The wallpaper in the bedroom, according to her, was an elephant grey. Her partner, unfortunately, had already said that the walls were a delicious sky blue. The list of disastrous answers was endless. I was waiting for the judge, who was peering down from his bench, with that look, just wanting me to declare, Your Honour, I am professionally embarrassed. Needless to say, we lost the appeal, and it was a fairly crushing defeat. After the hearing, the man appeared shell-shocked. His partner was sobbing both blaming each other, of course, as to how they could possibly get the colour of their front door wrong. I was sure I would never see them again. However, that night, this rather peculiar tale took a very sudden twist. At around 10.30pm, whilst the couple were at home still arguing and bickering, the man decided that he would take his tools and leave the house for the very last time. But as he was about to leave, he turned round and saw the lady topple down the stairs. He was distraught. The lady suffered multiple injuries, and she was taken to hospital. She ended up wheelchair-bound. Completely devastated, the man felt that this was all his fault, and decided to care for the lady. He would cook for her, feed her, take her to the bathroom, read her stories at night, go for walks, and be with her 24 hours a day. The woman had her own family, of course, but they didn't want to know her and offered no support or help. Two years after that depressing court hearing, it was time for the UK government to finally take action and to remove the man from the United Kingdom. He had to go. 
They even arranged his flight to Afghanistan. Time was up. And this man made one last-ditched attempt to stay in the United Kingdom as the partner of this lady. He lodged another application, and this was refused in record time. It was refused on the simple basis that this clearly was not a genuine relationship. Once again, I was asked to represent the couple in court, and it was a freezing cold November morning. I remember seeing the court list on the morning just to see which judge I had, and my heart stopped when I saw the name of the judge. I had to cancel this. We had to adjourn. I've got a demon of a judge. He never allows anything. We hadn't got a hope. But the couple looked at me and asked me to carry on. They didn't want to cancel. They wanted to go ahead. This couple looked so different this time in court. I remember the lady being pushed slowly in her wheelchair by her partner and the wheel kept getting stuck through the narrow doorway to the courtroom, jamming against the doorframe. The lady barely looked up. The hearing itself didn't go to plan. Once again, the answers didn't match, nothing corresponded, and I could see the judge, completely lost in his own world, not even bothering to write down the evidence. I knew what was coming. It was going to be another crushing defeat. And as I was preparing for my closing speech, trying to muster some words to say on behalf of my client, I was stopped by the judge, and he said, in very softly spoken words, I've heard the evidence, I've heard the inconsistencies, the mistakes, the oversights, the glaring errors, but I'm going to allow the appeal. And I still remember the deathly silence in that court that morning. This judge, who never allows anything, and is regarded as a serial dismisser, couldn't possibly have allowed an appeal of this type. And as he rose from his chair, he said three striking features made him allow the appeal. This wasn't about evidence or words, this was about what he saw, and he remarked how he noticed the man place his partner's feet slowly on the pedestals of the wheelchair, how he raced to the other end of the court during evidence to make sure he got the softest tissue to wipe her tears, and how both of them held their hands tightly whilst the evidence was being given. I'm not sure what the moral of this story really is. Whether it's all that glitters is not gold, never judge a book by its cover, or it could be that love will always find a way. Or is the real question, what exactly is a genuine relationship? Oh, and by the way, this man and woman became husband and wife last year.